This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 65. podcast. There's a lot of things going on out there right now in the world, and I just want to let you know that I'm thinking all of you. I'm keeping all of you in my thoughts and prayers. I hope you're safe. I hope things are starting to calm down where you are. I just really don't know what's going to be happening when this podcast comes out, so I just wanted to give you some words of support. If you need anything, please reach out, manage your mind, Take care of yourself. It's very important at this time that we really focus on taking care of the things that we can control, and that is our own brain and our own thoughts and our feelings as well. So with that said, today I thought I would talk about leadership. A lot of us are in positions of leadership, and even if we aren't, we can embrace leadership as an individual and conduct ourselves as leaders in order to help people get through difficult times and get through anything in life and in business. So today I thought I would talk a little bit about leadership lessons and things that we can embrace in order to be solid leaders. So the first leadership lesson I want to share with you is to be authentic. And it's so important when we have either the position of leadership or just if we are on a team and we want to show good leadership qualities is to show our authentic selves. And by that, I mean being genuine, having self-awareness, and also transparency. So as an authentic leader, I think your job is to allow people to understand you, whether it's your personality, if you want to share that with your team so they know what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, whether it's sharing with your team your doubts, your fears. I also think it's so important to share your mistakes because sometimes what happens with leaders is we think that we are supposed to be perfect, we're supposed to make the right decisions all the time, And that is not really true. Leaders are human. And if your team doesn't know that you're human or you try to act like you are better than them or you don't have doubts and fears and ambitions and they don't really see your authentic self, it's going to be difficult for them to trust you. And if your team does not trust you, or the people that you work with don't trust you, then you are not going to have a loyal, long-standing team. There's so much that goes with authenticity and trust and loyalty. So when I talk about authenticity, I mean being open with your team, sharing with them your fears, also when a mistake is made in the practice, not blaming other people, but taking the responsibility yourself and owning up to it 
when you have done something wrong or you have made a poor decision. Now, we all know that any decision made in any given moment is the right one because it's the one that you've thought through and you've chosen. So regretting our decisions is not really useful. However, if a decision was made and it ends up being the wrong decision or not necessarily the wrong decision, but perhaps hurting someone in some way or something that you've done mistake-wise that you could have done better, then owning up to that and actually accepting the responsibility is really what authenticity is all about. And also accepting your strengths and your weaknesses and communicating those to your team is something that really allows the team to see you as a human being and also see you as someone that has their back. If you own up to the things that you are not particularly good at, and in my case, because I'm a D and an I in the DISC, and I'm also an ENFJ in the Myers-Briggs, there are times when I don't necessarily see the details. I'm not a super detailed person. I'm more of a dreamer. I'm more of a big concept individual. And my team needs to know that. They need to know that I am going to sometimes miss the small details when I'm seeing the big picture or I'm making decisions based on my personality. And so if I share my personality profile with them. I share the things that I don't necessarily feel strong about, then they can help me. They can be open to that. And that authenticity that I share with them allows them to see me as a human, allows them to see that they may be stronger in certain areas than I am, and they may be able to help me work through some of the things that I'm not necessarily good at. And I think if you can share that with your team, if you can offer that authentic self to them, they are going to be open to allowing the same for you. They are going to be more open when they feel vulnerable or when they feel like they have made a mistake. They are going to allow you to lead them. And having that open conversation with your team, having that open conversation with anybody, whether you're leading them or you're just working together with them, is going to allow a comfortable relationship. It's going to allow people to understand your essential humanness and that even though you are charged with being their leader, they are going to understand that you are the type of leader that wants to have a team and a strong team. And that will create loyalty and that will create longevity with the people that you work with. Another lesson that we can learn about being a good leader is to understand yourself because it's very difficult to be authentic and come from a place of authenticity if you don't really know yourself and you don't study your own behavior. You don't study your own mind. So we definitely have to get to know who we are as people internally and have a very strong grasp on your own behavior, your own strengths, and your own weaknesses. Getting to know yourself is a process, and it's really, in my opinion, a lifelong process. 
as a leader, you need to be continually developing. And I believe that part of that is getting to know more about your own personality, the way that you make decisions, the way that you process information. And you know, on past podcasts, we've talked about personality profiling, whether it's a DISC system or Myers-Briggs or Enneagram. The more you study yourself and the more you get to know yourself, the better you're going to be able to lead a team with authenticity, but also understand the way you react to things that happen in your daily life and that happen in your workplace. If you can understand the way you react and the way you respond to problems, the way you respond to stress, you are going to be so much better able to deal with your team on a level that can relate to them. You are going to be more open and honest with yourself about everything. And so getting to know yourself is one of those things that not only is important on your life journey, but also important on your work journey. And then on the same level, and on the other hand, I guess you'd say, is getting to know your team. And if there are ways that you can get to know your team, whether it's officially through some of these personality profile tests, or whether it's just sitting down with them and trying to be open to them on a personal level, Getting to know your team is going to help you lead them with authority and lead them with openness and honesty. If you can get to know what your team's strengths are, you will be better able to assign them to the tasks that they are strongest at. You are going to be able to assign them tasks that mesh with their strengths. And if you have a team of people that are all working together and all working within their strengths, that team is going to be strong. And so understanding yourself and your strengths and understanding your team's strengths and weaknesses will help you develop the tasks, the assignments, the projects that best suit your team's strengths. And leaders that can understand that can become very powerful and very strong. And if you allow your team, you allow the people that work with you to use their strengths, they are going to be happier. They will have better confidence and better strength in the jobs that they're doing in your practice day to day. So whenever you're working with a team, whether it be your practice team, a team in your school, if you're leading at a school function, if you're developing let's say, an event in your event planning, if you look at the team that you have in front of you and you understand what your strengths and weaknesses are, if you understand yourself well, and then you work to understand your team well, that event is going to be better run. The leadership that you inject into that group is going to be stronger. Now, kind of along the same lines of authenticity, are taking responsibility for your words and your actions. Now, because I am a high D and a high I, if you know anything about the DISC profiling system, you will know that as an I, I have a tendency to speak first and think second. So there are times in my life when I have said something that I didn't necessarily think was 
a good thing to say in retrospect. Or I'll have that, I forgot to wait 24 hours before I acted. Because I have experience and I am a more mature leader, I have experienced this many times. And I have learned with experience that I need to wait about 24 hours before I say anything or do anything in a very emotionally charged situation. Because as a high I, I will speak before I think. Now, that doesn't mean that I always follow that 24-hour rule. And so if I do say something that I really shouldn't have said, or I act impulsively and reactively to a situation when I should have thought a little bit about it first, then it's my responsibility as a good leader to to admit and own up to the fact that I should have done better. And so that's what I mean by taking responsibility for your actions and your words. So when something like that happens, as a leader, you need to humble yourself and be able to take someone aside and apologize for negative things that you may have caused. Also own up to the fact that you're human and that you do make mistakes and that you have made mistakes. Allowing yourself to be vulnerable, allowing yourself to take the blame for things that go wrong in your business or things that go wrong in any group that you're leading. If you're the bigger person in the room, if you allow yourself to take blame, if you allow that negative emotion to come back on you rather than dumping it on someone else, there are so many things that you can repair and people will respect you for that. I have had situations in my practice where I was on the phone with a client and the client was upset and I tried very hard to stay calm and be the right kind of leader for my team, be the right kind of veterinarian for the client. And sometimes you lose it a little bit. Sometimes you get a little testy. Sometimes you get a little bit on edge because there are clients that will actually push your buttons. And I've had this happen to me before. I've been on a call. I'm trying to work things out with a client. I'm doing this for my manager, my team, and they may be in the room with me. They may be somewhere close by and hear what I'm saying, and they will hear the edge in my voice. They will hear the fact that I'm not staying as calm as I normally do because whatever this client is saying is getting to me. And maybe the client gets more angry or maybe I just get a little angry and I don't necessarily handle it as my best self. Now, when I hang up the phone, if I just pretend that that was perfect and that I did a great job and that that was the best phone call ever and that that client is perfect and everything went well, my team will know. The people that heard the edge in my voice, they know me well enough to know whether I'm losing it or not. And that doesn't necessarily mean I say anything wrong or bad to the client because I usually can control that, but they'll hear the edge in my voice. And so if I get off the phone and say, oh, that went great, they'll know that I'm lying. And if I get off the phone and say, wow, that wasn't my best effort. I kind of was losing it a little bit. Did you guys hear that? And they laugh with me and they say, yeah, Dr. Capel, you didn't really handle that. You didn't handle that as your best self. They are going to respect that. 
they are going to understand that I'm not infallible and they all know that I'm not. We all know that our leaders are people and that don't always do everything well. But if I can say, ooh, that wasn't my best effort and I'm going to have to think about that and how I should do that better next time, or I'm going to call that client back and talk to them again because maybe the second time around I'll do better. And if you can open up to your team like that, if you can admit when you've done something that isn't necessarily as well as you'd like to have done it, that will gain their respect. So next time you make a mistake, next time you do something that wasn't necessarily your best work, just own up to it. Be open. Let it out. There's nothing wrong with that. Your team is not going to lose respect for you. They will gain respect for you. The people that you work with understand. Believe me, they do. And they will be more likely to come to you the next time they make an error because they will know that you're all in this together and that we're all human. The next thing that's a great lesson for leaders to learn is to listen more than you talk. And as a DISC, I, high I and high D, I have a tendency not to listen as well as I should. And it's something that I repeatedly have to remind myself of, that listening is more important than solving problems sometimes. Having the ability to just listen and just let somebody get their problems out is one of those things that makes you so powerful. As a leader, allowing others to have ideas, allowing others to make mistakes, allowing others to get their stress out of their body is what it's all about. That is, in my mind, good leadership. And as a life coach, that was one of the lessons that I really had to take to heart because I am not strong always in that respect. That is not a natural thing for me to do. I like to solve problems. I like to tell people how to do things and how you can fix this. And that is a lesson that leaders have to learn, that fixing things is not your job always. Fixing things and making decisions for other people is not our job. Listening to them, allowing them to be and allowing them to feel and experience their thoughts and feelings is oftentimes so much better than fixing things for them, allowing them to problem solve, allowing them to get the things out of their head that they're trying to struggle with, allowing them to solve their own issues makes a strong leader. So if you're having a staff meeting and there is a problem, sit back and listen to what the people on your team have to say. And it's so difficult. I totally get it. It's difficult to let everybody talk. It's difficult to get all the ideas out into a room. But if you allow that to happen, magic will start to occur. People have great ideas. Most of the great ideas in my practice and on the teams that I have led have come from others on the team. They haven't come from me. I love to brainstorm. I love to come up with ideas but I don't always have the best ones. So if you can remember that, that as a team leader, that the ideas, the great ideas will come from your team and not necessarily from you, 
and allow that organically to happen, your team will create for you. They will brainstorm for you. But as a leader, if you talk too much, if you interject yourself too much, you will squash that creativity. And I've done it. I understand many times I have shut down my team. And then later I realized that had I just stepped back a little bit and allowed them to talk, that things would have been so much better. And so then you go back to admitting your faults. Then you go back to taking responsibility for the things that you've done. When you don't listen, then you can go back and say to your team the next meeting that you have, you know, at the last team meeting, I think I kind of shut you guys down and I think you were coming up with great ideas. Can we brainstorm again? And then listen. Be the leader that knows how to listen and let your team problem solve for you. And that will make you a stronger, better leader. And that goes along with the next thing that I want to talk about. And it's just assuming that everyone on your team or everyone in the group that you're in has good intentions and wants what's best for the hospital, wants what's best for your team, wants what's best for the group. Assuming that everyone has good intentions. And that requires you to trust your team. And even when you're in a conversation with clients, trusting that your clients have the right intentions, trusting that they want what's best for the pet, for the situation, opening yourself up to that ability to assume that everybody has best intentions in the conversation. That will allow you to open yourself up to bigger possibilities with interactions with your team and also interactions with your clients when there's problems with your clients. Allowing yourself to assume that everybody wants the best results. And with that in mind, allowing your team or allowing a client in a client interaction to take the lead. Sometimes as a leader, we need to take the back seat and we need to give either the clients a little bit of power to make some decisions. And that might sound a little strange. You might not always want your clients making the decisions, but if they feel like they have some power in the interaction, if they feel like you're allowing them to have power, they will then start to work with you. They will then see the interaction as more of a collaboration. And also, if you can allow your team to take the lead on a lot of things, if you can allow your team to make decisions, to feel powerful, and that you are going to back them up, then they will work better for you. They will be more loyal. They will open themselves up to the fact that you trust them and that you are allowing them to problem solve for you and for the team in general. Even though it sometimes feels a little bit odd to you as the leader to just allow your team to take the reins and take the lead, doing so will allow them to feel more powerful and then allow them to take on things that they wouldn't normally want to take on. And as a leader, that's your job. Your job is to support them and allow them to feel power and feel powerful and take on things that they wouldn't necessarily 
always want to embrace. And that leads into the next thing that I want to talk about is you as the leader being a part of the team. So whatever position you have on any team, whether you're the team leader, whether you're one of the followers, whether you're working on a committee, if you can show that you are a part of the team no matter what, if you can just be a team player, you are going to have more power in the leadership role than you would otherwise. And I don't mean power in the way of controlling other people because we all know that we can never control other people. What I mean is leadership power coming from working on the same level and taking on the same tasks that your team takes on every day. It allows you to lock arms with the other people on your team. And so if you're an associate veterinarian, what that means is when there's a busy day and you can see that the technicians are running themselves ragged, you can take on a technician role or the phone is ringing off the hooks and the receptionist can't get to them. You can pick up that phone and take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. If that means cleaning cages when they need to be cleaned, walking dogs, running blood work, drawing blood, whatever it is you can do to be a part of the team, that will show some solidarity and that will allow the rest of the team to see you as a servant leader. And serving others in a leadership role always creates a more cohesive, stronger group. It always allows your team to see you as a stronger leader than you would be if you just sat in your office and barked out orders or just delegated. I've worked with leaders that think their job was just to delegate, and that destroys respect. It destroys loyalty. It causes your team to see you as a prima donna, and we never want to be seen as that. We want to be seen as a team member. So be on your team, contribute, be cooperative, show humility. Those are all things that you can do to become a part of the team and not just someone that sits on their throne and tries to boss people around or thinks that their only job is to control others because that is far from your job as a leader. And we know that control is impossible. And the last thing I want to say about being a great leader and lessons that we can learn as leaders is to be a student. Continue to read. Continue to work on yourself because leadership takes effort. Becoming a great leader is not something that just happens. Being a leader requires work. It requires consistent work over a lifetime, I would argue. And so allowing yourself to read books, allowing yourself to study leadership, learn from other leaders, being open to other people in other practices. If you're an associate veterinarian and you know other associates or other people that lead teams, allowing yourself to be open to learning and even allowing yourself to be open to learning from the people that you lead. And that goes back to getting to know yourself, getting to know your team, and taking responsibility 
for that lifelong learning that we all need to do. Being a student, listening to podcasts about leadership, being open to other people, critiquing your leadership, allowing yourself to be vulnerable to that, all those things combined will help you to become a stronger leader. I just listened to a lesson this morning from John Maxwell, and my husband was laughing at me because he had listened to the same lesson over and over again and had kind of memorized it. So here I am listening to the lesson, and my husband's standing on the other side of the room saying things that John Maxwell says before he even says them. And it was kind of getting irritating to me. I'm like, why are you doing this? I'm trying to learn from this lesson. And he said, well, I've already listened to this lesson a hundred times. And I said, well, good for you, but it's newer to me. I think I've listened to it before, but I don't have it memorized. And so I need to study. I need to listen to it again. So I kind of shooed him away because he was irritating me because he kept parroting the things that John was going to say before he even said them. But my point is, is that listening to lessons, even if you listen to them over and over again because you've forgotten the lesson that you learned before, is part of becoming a better leader. It's part of this lifelong learning thing that we all need to do to be stronger human beings. And so become a student. Embrace that. Realize that that is part of the deal. So let me run through these really quickly just to kind of summarize this podcast. And these are lessons that we can learn to be better leaders. The first one is to be authentic. The second one is to get to know yourself. Then get to know your team. Take responsibility for your words and your actions. Learn to listen and allow others to speak and listening more than you talk. Assume that everyone else that you're speaking with has good intentions around the interaction, whether it's a team member or whether it's a client. Assume that they want what's best. They have best intentions. Allow your team to take the lead. Allow your team to problem solve. Trust them. Allow yourself to be part of the team. Contribute. Show humility. Be part of your team, not just the leader of the team. And be a student. And you know I love that. A student of leadership is someone that's always going to be growing, always going to progress. That is key. So I hope some of these leadership lessons have rung true to you today. I hope you will continue to become a student of leadership. Listen to people like John Maxwell. Um, Dave Ramsey has a great book called Entree Leadership. Read that book. The more you can learn about leadership, the better off you're going to be as a leader. And the world needs strong leaders right now. The world needs us to step up and do the things that need to be done to create great teams. So thanks so much for listening to me today, my friends. I love being here on the podcast with you. Reach out to me. Give me some feedback. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your ideas for future podcasts. So contact me on my website. It's called juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. 
Also, you can leave me a five-star review on iTunes. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much to my son, Tristan Capel, for doing the sound for me. I want to give a little shout out to him. Check out his music. It's great, TristanCapel.com, or wherever you listen to music, you'll find his albums that are out. And so shout out to Tristan. Thanks, Tris, for helping me with all of this. I hope you stay strong out there, my friends. I hope things go well for you this week. Make yourself a priority today so you can inspire others tomorrow. Have a beautiful week. Bye.